Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult topics and themes. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Hi, and welcome to episode six of Here She Comes Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. On the last episode, I shared some of what I learned in sex school and some of the information I tried to pass along to my clients during my presentations. As you may recall, during my first party, the young lawyers stopped me halfway through so they could watch television. As we move forward with my story, you will see that the next party I didn't do much better. So please sit back, get comfortable, and get ready to put three X's in relax as we carry on with my story of dildo days gone by. Unequivocally, no, I screamed into the phone. I am not doing a couple's party. How can I? It would only be my third party. I'm no good at this. Get one of the more seasoned girls to do it. Why don't you have more faith in yourself, honey? my coach soothed. You can do this. I had no idea where her confidence in me came from. She hardly knew me. Every consultant was given a coach to help them prepare their orders, ship their stock, and to ensure the consultant stayed motivated. I had never met my coach in person, but in the short time I had been conversing with her over orders and product details, the more I became fond of her. She was younger than me, In her mid-thirties, recently married and very candid about her sex life from the very first time we spoke. I haven't known you long, Jazz, but I know you've got what it takes, and I think you will really enjoy doing a couple's party. Why don't you just give the hostess a call? I told you what happened at the last party, didn't I? I made a fool of myself. It was such a waste of time. I haven't found my stride yet, Linda. Please don't ask me to do this. I don't do remember I was referring to my second party when I put my foot in my mouth with the only other South Asian woman in the room. My friend Katie was a robust, sexually open woman I had met in belly dance class. I took up two hobbies after my father died in a vain effort to distract my heart and mind from the pain it was in. One was tap dance and the other was belly dance. Well, I'm no Gregory Hines to be sure, clacking my feet around gave me unadulterated joy. When the teacher asked us to count the beats of music and I found myself at least four bars behind everyone else, I reasoned that tap wasn't going to be my future. Belly dance, though, now there was something I took to quite naturally. In my first class ever, each move we were taught felt organic and like a second skin to me. When we were first shown the camel move, a languid curl of the abdomen, forward and back, I instinctually began to roll my body, taking to the move like a stripper to a pole. 
I was so lost in my own movements that I didn't notice the other women in the class staring at me. The teacher took me aside and asked me if I had ever belly danced before. No, I said shyly. This is my first class. She stared at me for a brief moment. I could tell she was weighing what she wanted to say in her mind before speaking. There's no question you're a natural, she began. But you are making the other women feel uncomfortable because they aren't quite at the place you are right now. Oh, I'm sorry, I said reflexively. What should I do? I think you should leave. My teacher looked genuinely saddened by the fact that she was making the request of me, which helped squash any feelings of indignancy I may have had. Come back when we are doing the more advanced moves in two weeks. I'll talk to the front staff about refunding your money. I gathered up my belongings and I left. I returned in two weeks, glad that I did because I was very warmly received. Being able to let my body do what it felt was natural was truly liberating. It was in that class that I fostered some of the closest friendships I had had in a long time. Of them, one that I became particularly close to was Katie. Because of her candid nature, it was natural for me to ask her to host a party. When she booked the party with me, she warned me that she had one friend in mind that she thought would benefit most from hearing me talk about sex products. I didn't understand what she meant until Lubina walked in. I guess she thought one brown girl was more likely to listen to another. My name is Lubina, she drawled in a thick Indian accent extending her hand so limply to me that I could barely shake it. She was tiny. Her waist was small. Her breasts were small. Her skin looked like dark suede, and her hair smelled of fried food and curry. Aside from her scent, she was exactly the kind of Indian girl that Lammy said he had always found attractive. She made me uncomfortable from the first moment I laid eyes on her. It didn't matter where we would go. Lammy would always point out other women and their attributes to me. Look at that girl's butt, he would say, or check out that woman's legs. One day, when we were driving around in Montreal on our way to dinner, he saw a young, slender Indian girl walking down the side of the road. He almost crashed the front of his car, craning his neck to get a better look at her. What the fuck are you looking at? Watch the road! I screamed at him. Look at her. He drawled as we pulled up to a stop sign. I looked over to where he was openly gawking and saw the petite South Asian woman wiggle her way down the road. Her? I squeaked. You find her attractive? There's nothing to her. Of course there is, he said in his reasonable and precise tone. She has perfect proportion and her nose, it's aquiline. That honk on her face, that beak is what you refer to as aquiline. Don't be a bitch, he said. I was too incensed to correct my behavior. I'd never seen him look at me the way he was looking at her. You have sorry taste in women, I said, angling to obstruct his sight lines. In India, that girl wouldn't fetch one goat or a chicken in her dowry, let alone be the first pick of any arranged marriage. Oh, he said and turned to look at me. And what would you fetch. I didn't have an answer. I just wanted him to stop looking at her. Up, 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 
I decided my best strategy at Katie's party would be to stand right in front of the television set to prevent anyone from getting any ideas about turning it on halfway through the presentation. As I began my sales pitch on booking parties and the benefits of being a hostess, I watched Lubina bobble her head back and forth, appearing to agree with everything I was saying. By the time I got to the second question on the questionnaire, her head froze in place and her expression changed dramatically. True or false? Masturbation is a natural and healthy way to express one's sexuality. True! Katie exclaimed emphatically. The women around her laughed. One bent her head down, but smiled broadly. Oh, I don't do, Lubina said in her thick Indian accent. Her modern and chic clothes contrasted so dramatically with the way she was speaking that I convinced myself she was making up the accent. But it's very, very good to do, isn't it? I said in a similarly thick accent, bobbing my head back and forth. No, it isn't right to do this. I do not do. My husband, okay, he do. But I don't do. She was so deadpan and serious that I felt myself shrink from embarrassment and humiliation when I realized the accent wasn't fake and I had just made everyone in the room as uncomfortable as me. I cleared my throat as though the racism was something momentarily stuck in my vocal cords. I'm not sure what you mean by do, but masturbation is quite healthy. I tried to lighten the mood by adding, I do it all the time. My eyesight is weak, but I'm sure it's not related. The other ladies laughed, but Lubina was still grimacing. You can't really go blind, nah? I just don't see why you should do this. Lumina, Katie said soothingly. It's natural to masturbate. You won't go blind. No, I leave my husband now have boyfriend, okay? He don't do either. We both don't do, okay? We won't do. It's not right to do, okay? No. Uh, you don't do what? I asked, fearing that do was code for something other than masturbation and I was missing the point entirely. I don't do... This, she said, and pointed to the space between her legs for emphasis. There was a part of me that could truly empathize with Lubina. Perhaps I wouldn't have done it myself were it not for my sister. Now, wait, that sounds weird. I can explain. Throughout high school, I didn't seem to experience any of the hormonal surges that my peers did. I didn't show any interest in boys, which is why I figured an arranged marriage would suit me best. I assumed everything would work out as soon as I married anyway, so dating was pointless. They, that infinite group of people referred to as a collective that get attributed all slogans and sayings, must be the ones that hand out some kind of manual or secret decoding ring that you're given once you are off the market. This magical book or ring must provide you with all the answers to the greater questions in life, like how to make your husband happy, where the penis goes, and how to iron shirts without burning them. If there were recipes at the back of the book, then that would be a bonus. Any urges that you had which were difficult to explain or too embarrassing to ask your mother would probably be answered in the frequently asked questions section of the book. But for me, at the age of 23, it was starting to look like I wasn't any closer to getting my hands on this secret guide. 
One night, in that 23rd year of life, I felt restless and bored, so I went into my sister's room to bug her. She was trying to fall asleep and pushed me off her bed, saying she was tired and wanted to rest. But I'm bored, I whined. I don't care. Get lost. Go whack off or something. Just leave me alone. Whack off? What does that mean? She turned her head slowly to look at me. Are you kidding me? No. Is that a game? Should I get the dice? It's not a game, you idiot. Go read a book about it. Get lost. I'm trying to sleep. Since I had no idea what she was talking about and I didn't want to ask her again, I took her advice and got a book about it. I found a clinical book on how the body works with one chapter dedicated to sex and sexuality. The picture of a woman's vagina in the book was a black and white hand-drawn image that looked nothing like me. The paragraph below it suggested getting a mirror to take a look at the genital area, but there was no way I was going to ask my mother for a pocket mirror and then try to explain to her what I needed it for. I reread the passage about masturbation several times, assuming that it was at the heart of what my sister referred to so eloquently as whacking off. Once I felt like I knew exactly what to do, I hid the book under my mattress and busied myself with putting into action the very instructions I had virtually committed to memory. Number one, place finger here. Number two, tickle this place there. And number three, good things happen everywhere. But nothing happened. I tried again the next night and still nothing. I got frustrated. Maybe I had skipped a page by accident? I went back to the book. Nope, I didn't miss anything. I reread the book. It still didn't make much sense to me. I wanted to ask my sister, but she was sleeping. Again. On the third night, I lay back in my bed and let my mind wander. I started by thinking about the boys in school that I knew. I couldn't really picture any of them clearly in my head. Random mugshots ran through my mind as I tried desperately to land on even one suitable thought, but instead, I began to wander into the feelings of despair that followed me throughout my high school years. I had so few friends, and of them, they were all girls. When my peers were looking at boys, giggling about them, and drawing heart-shaped doodles in their notebooks, I was sketching skeletons, barfing up other skeletons, and writing dark, morose poetry that not even my mother could love. I had to stop myself from going farther down that dark road and instead began to focus on the feelings of my fingers against my skin itself. As a sensation began to build, a faceless image came to me and my fingers started feeling like they belonged to someone else. I could feel my body ease and unfurl. As my thoughts wandered from snapshots of a set of lips, moist and half open to the curve of a woman's hips, to the Adam's apple of an elongated neck, my fingers instinctually went into autopilot. Before I had a chance to realize what was happening, my body was wet with natural lubrication and I could feel a tingling sensation at the tip of my toes and crest of my head simultaneously. By the time I reached climax, it was as though my soul itself had been lifted out of my body and into the peaceful space above and around me, floating freely, looking back at my human flesh with grace and compassion. In short, it was fucking unbelievable. Nothing could have stopped me from rushing into my sister's room immediately afterwards to tell her the good news. Wake up! Wake up! 
I just had an incredible thing happen to me. I was floating outside of my body. I could feel the air like it was a silk blanket all around me. It was amazing. I could see half of my sister smile from the puffiness of her pillow as she partially opened her eyes and said, I see you figuring out how to whack off. Good. Now get lost. I want to sleep. So I was late to the party. That seemed to be the story of my life. But once I arrived, there was no way I was going to leave. I felt like I had just found a toy in my room that had been hidden from me for years, and it made me happier than any piece of fabricated plastic I had ever wanted or wished for. And the best part was that this toy traveled with me everywhere I went. I stared for hours at every girl I knew, wondering if they did the same thing in the quiet hours of the night when their parents were asleep in the next room. Years later, facing a woman who could have just as easily been me, believing that the only person allowed to give her pleasure was her husband or boyfriend, I had no idea how to convince her that masturbation was in fact natural and healthy and a means to understand your body better. I spent the rest of that evening trying to convince Lubina to let go of her preset notions and to learn to love herself from the inside out. Instead of them stopping to watch Sex and the City, the rest of the women at the party stopped me from presenting so they could share personal stories about college experiments gone awry, vibrators that caught on fire, and birthing stories that left vivid and irremovable images from my mind. There was no convincing Lubina that masturbation was a healthy form of personal development. To make matters worse, I had convinced myself that my self-righteous stand on sexuality was at least not in vain, because Lubina would come to my sales room and open up to me the way that Melissa had, and then I would get a chance to tell her about my situation with Lammy and my search for love. And maybe then, in the privacy of the sales room, I would affect real change. But she didn't come into the room. She didn't buy a thing from me. My sales were abysmal and just barely over what was required for the party to count towards my monthly totals. I reasoned that selling vibrators just wasn't for me. So when my coach called after I had submitted the sales for my second party, I was sure she was going to ask for the company kit back. But instead, she wanted me to do a couple's party in a small town more than 30 minutes away. On the drive up, all I could think about was Lubina. How she and I were so similar and yet so different. As I neared my destination, I drove past a long line of pickup trucks and SUVs that crowded the unpaved drive to the moderate home of my hostess. I tapped the doorbell, and as the chimes rang through the air, I squashed the sound of Lammy's voice in my head asking, and how much would you fetch? For now, the answer was at least one chicken and a goat. Now, if you're looking for an orgasm scene that will rock your world, I highly recommend you pick up a copy of my novel, Sex and Samosas. Shameless plug. That scene has been critically acclaimed for its tastefulness and sincerity. Sex and Samosas is available at Prospero Books on Bank Street if you're in Ottawa, and it is available online, amazon.com, .ca, .uk, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, Chapters, it's all there.
On the next episode, we find out what happened at my first couple's party, something so fiery hot you won't want to miss it. If you're enjoying my podcast, please be sure to subscribe and review it as it really does help a lot. For those of you who have done so already, you have my deepest gratitude. Thank you so much. You can also reach out to me via social media. I'm on Instagram, Jasmine underscore Aziz, on Twitter, at Jasmine Aziz, and I'm on Facebook. Or email me, jasmine at jasmineaziz.com. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it, because here she comes. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, gonna redden back, I'll cut you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake